This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On my show, I talk about everything from my past life as a fashion model to my life now where I run fast and far, breaking the tapes at races here in New York City. There is so much information out there and available to us in this modern life. I know I listen to all the podcasts and I read all the books or articles on everything health, wellness, or fitness related. So today I want to dive into how I take what I need and leave the rest when it comes to this kind of research for self-optimization. So stay tuned for a great show. First, a quick announcement. Have you ever wanted to run with me in person? Good news, you can, and you have some options. If you're looking to improve your speed and stamina, sign up for Track Class, a group fitness run that I co-host with Run Coach Allie here in Williamsburg on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. If an easy recovery run is more what you're craving, come to my recovery shuffle runs on Thursdays that start and end at the Fix Studio in Manhattan. For both of these runs, no pace is too slow, so it's open to all runner abilities. Sign up in the link in my show notes, and I hope to see you there. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, I mentioned I'm going to be talking about parsing out information, or basically how I take what I need and leave the rest when it comes to doing research on things that I apply to my life and have seen great results in my training, my fueling, my recovery, Etc. So basically tonight I was on the phone with a friend and I asked them, what do you want me to talk about in my podcast? Because I didn't really have any ideas of what to chat about. And they said, you know what, Lucy, there's just so much information out there about nutrition and health and training. And I want you to say what you do to know what is actually going to serve you or work and stuff that you actually apply to your real life. Because they know that I am an information junkie and I basically just listen to podcasts all day long and I um, consume every form of media that I can about running. And I basically am just uh, obsessed with learning more about things that are going to make me better, whether that's a better um, athlete or just healthy for my everyday life or when I'm on the photo set and just feeling like I have energy and being a good friend. So everything, just learning things that are going to help me. So maybe it's almost like I'm a bit of a self-improvement junkie. I should say that. That's kind of a uh, a way of putting it. But so, yeah, I think I'm just going to go through a list of things and say, like, these are my mantras of, like, what I stick to as far as how I get my information and then how I apply it to my everyday life to be the best version of myself that I can. The first thing is about food and food rules and nutrition And full disclosure, I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor, so get medical guidance for anything nutrition related. I had to say that. But for me, personally with food, uh, food's very important to my life because I'm an athlete and I'm training really hard every day. I'm putting my body through vigorous forms of activity each week. So I need the fuel that I put in to serve me and just make me better and, you know, help me build muscles and recover and all that stuff. 
So when it comes to food, we know that we live in a really messed up society with, um, you know, both the standard American diet, a fast food culture, as well as just not knowing what to eat. We've got different messages coming from all over the place from, you know, people saying keto is the way to go or no, plant-based is the way to go or, um, you know, saying certain foods are good or bad and it's hard to know what's what. So for someone like me, who got a lot of information in the early days from different kinds of podcasts that had very conflicting messages from, you know, strict keto, uh, Dave Asprey style, all the way to Rich Roll and the vegan stuff, I was listening to both sides of the argument um, a lot. And I was doing trial and error and figuring out what worked for me and what didn't work for me. I went uh, full, full, full keto back in the day and tried that out for a little bit, as well as very, very, very strict vegan. And what I found is that the the magical um, equation for me is whole food, uh, just eating whole foods or things that are as close to nature as they possibly can be, you know, with some might uh, small mini school preparation so like you know steaming or uh baking and stuff like that but i basically eat the food how it looks as it's found uh, plucked out of nature if you will (laughs) um so what that actually means because i get a lot of questions about what i eat in a day um is that i go ham on the perimeters of the grocery store and just get all the vegetables as many colors as i possibly can and um that's going to be what makes up the majority of most of my meals in a day. So I eat tons of sweet potatoes and greens and beets and carrots and squash all in one meal. Like I just eat all the vegetables. But um, that said, I also do eat things like legumes and nuts and tofu. And occasionally I'll speckle in 10% of whatever the hell I want. And I do have this whole theory that if you're eating 90% of the time, like the whole food approach, you can say that 10% for some random wild card, card stuff that doesn't really count, in my opinion, because it's like not enough to matter or make a difference. So if that means like a little bit of some kind of like crazy thing, and I, and I shouldn't say crazy because it's not like the appropriate word for this, but I mean like if it's going to be something like some random treat, um, I go for it and I kind of don't count it because it's such a small part. So I do live by that like you know, if you're doing most, mostly whole food plant-based, then you can kind of like cheat and stuff. That's at least how I feel. Um, but with food, it's very complicated because people just are all over the place with like, well, is this good for you? Is this bad for you? Is this good for you? Is it not bad for you? You know, it's like I get these questions all the time and I'm like, listen, it's really just about how much of it you're eating. If you're eating a lot of it and it's not a whole food that's as close to, you know, how it's found out there in the wild, then I would maybe think twice about it. Is it like a super processed thing with lots of um, lots of listings on the label? Then yeah, you should maybe think twice and wonder what this is. Um, but that said, the number one thing that I should say here is with food is keep it simple, stupid, kiss, K-I-S-S. So look at the food you're eating and say, how simple is this? It's like, that's as basic as you have to be. It's just look at the thing and go, an apple? Hmm, one ingredient, apple? Yes, you can eat that. <laughs> like, it's that's like totally okay. And I think that people get really caught up with like sugar stuff too. They're like, oh, but it has, apples have sugar in them or something. I don't know. If it's a whole food and the thing is attached, the sugar is attached to the fiber the way it's found in nature, uh, I think it's fine. That's just me. So yeah, kiss is the thing that I do when it comes to food. Keep it simple. Um, 
but yeah, so I try not to get caught up in like fads. Like I always think, is this a fad? So if somebody starts talking about different things like um, that are like a fringe, then I just am, I just go back to like, is this a fad diet? Because for some reason, our culture is just so excited about fad diets because they want that quick fix. So anything that seems remotely like a fad, I steer clear of and just stick to that kiss mantra and keep it simple with food. Uh, so rest. Um, this is interesting because way back when, when I was still listening to Bulletproof Radio, um, I remembered hearing about these blue light blocking glasses. And this was something that happened like, you know, 10 years ago, hearing about blue light blocking glasses was really far out there. This was not something that people were talking about a lot. But they were like, oh, yeah, these amber tinted glasses. It keeps you from the blue light. The blue light messes up your circadian rhythm at night because it's what you get from the sun and it like just tells your body to stay awake, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows about blue light now. But back then, um, I got really into it and I started wearing blue light blocking glasses. I feel like I was like the first person I knew to ever have these on like four or five years ago. And um, I still really do believe in them. I wear them kind of a lot. I pretty much wear them every single night, except for if I'm having kind of like a weird late night with other people, I don't usually throw them on. But this is something that... I just kind of believe in like I see I've seen how it's worked for me. So as far as some kind of like information that I experimented with, it directly changed my life in a pretty short period of time. So that's why um, this kind of a thing like stuck with me or this is how I I took the information that was presented to me that blue light blocking glasses might be a good hack to apply to my everyday life and saw the reasoning and saw the rationale tried it and then it did change it did did improve me for the better so I've obviously like clung to this habit um there are other for every one of these habits it's like you know something like blue light blocking glasses that it's caught or like stuck and I've like actually applied it to my life there's been about 50 things that I've tried and then it didn't uh, it didn't do anything for my life so for example one of these famous uh biohack things is mouth taping and this is where you tape your mouth shut when you sleep not so that you're you know you you have your mouth sealed shut your lips but you're you can still breathe out your nose and the whole idea is that it calms your parasympathetic nervous system to breathe in and out of your nose this is like an old uh, yogic thing too that I remembered when we would practice ujjayi breathing and stuff is that you want to breathe through your nose when you're sleeping and you're calming down um, at night and this is like this hack so you tape your mouth shut but the the one I'm getting at here is this was one of these things that I tried and not only did it not improve my quality of life, it actually started to de- decline or like make my quality of life worse because of a million different reasons. I do not recommend. <laughs> I would say definitely do not try this at home. But um, but that said, I uh, tried it and it was something that I was like, oh, this is like really interesting and stuff. But after a few weeks, it made my quality of my life worse. So I definitely believe in experimenting and trying things out. Um, but only to the extent that it's going to serve you or you're seeing a direct improvement in your life. Um, so speaking of things like blue light blocking glasses that I tried out and it just stuck with me the past four or five years is getting a running watch. This was something that I never really wanted until about four years ago when a coach uh, presented me with the idea of I should track my runs because he said I had a lot of potential and he was like, you should get a Garmin. And this is something that I was kind of resistant to uh, having a wearable or tracking uh, that kind of stuff like heart rate data, which isn't even entirely accurate on your watch. But I gave it a shot and 
I did start to see uh, immediate benefit of just being aware of where my paces were with throughout a week or throughout a workout and having that instant feedback of data and um, self-analysis over time that I, it gave me this immediate return of, yes, this is a, this is a valuable gizmo or um, piece of technology to add to my life. And so that's why I kept wearing it. And so... I think another way to see if something is serving you of something you see like might be presented to you of like this could this could improve your quality of life is how often are you going to use it and are you getting immediate um, return from the thing that you're using? So, for example, I like my running watch. I get a lot of data from it. But does that mean that I want to go get a heart rate strap? No, I don't really care about my heart. Like I'm like, there's some things that I'm like, I, I the buck stops here. Like where it's like, I've got the thing that's giving me this inf- information and I don't really need to take it to the next level because I'm getting what I need out of this gadget. And um, going back to the KISS thing of the keep, keep it simple, stupid uh, mantra, that's kind of the theme of this episode. Um, I think that the same goes with like gear and gadgets. So it's like if the watch is going to get the basic Uh, fundamentals of what I need for running then I'm good with that but I'm not going to go that extra step and try to have like the shoe foot pod thing or the gait analysis and like blah 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 because I like to keep it simple so I'm trying to be as minimal as I possibly can and that even means for me sometimes not even wearing the watch just to go by feel but that's a whole other story (laughs) um so as far as training goes, since we're talking about taking information and then learning how to apply it or trying to figure out which information to get, with training, people offer unsolicited advice to me all day long about running. Like they'll tell me, I should do this, I should do that, and they like have all this advice. And my rule of thumb with that is I listen to the greats. So I listen to every podcast about every fast runner I can possibly find. And I hear what they do. I hear their daily practices. I hear their styles or how they train. And I just try to emulate bits and pieces of that. So for example, if I hear the Kenyans, the fastest runners in the world, are doing a speed track day and then a tempo day and a long day within a given week, I try to do that and I kind of do do that and I actually like think that that's kind of what's helped me get faster is I just kind of listen to what they do and the same goes for how they recover and what they're doing for the rest of the day when they're not running how far they're running the types of runs with these progression runs how easy their recovery runs are I do all the things that they do because this is the kind of information where I'm like okay it's working for these people Uh, The results are there. So I'm going to take my advice or I'm going to get my information from that because it seems to be working versus the random person who can't run very far who's going to just start like mouthing off about what training they think I should do. Because the thing is, it's like I I like to do do the things that I see the people doing the thing doing, (laughs) if that makes sense. So basically, if someone has gotten themselves to the Olympics, and they're trying to coach me, then yes, I listen to them. There was actually, there was this woman that I was working with. um, Well, we were, she was more of my mentor and she was giving me a lot of advice and she herself has done the thing. She's run like a 230 something marathon and she was telling me everything that she did to get ready for that. And I was like, oh, this is like someone who has personally one-on-one done this thing. So I'm going to get my information from her for this instance. And um, it's not foolproof because sometimes, you know, uh, it doesn't things don't work for everyone. But I think that what I'm saying here is I try to get my information from the people who have done the thing that I want to do. 
And uh, so that's just kind of how I go with training specifically. So the next thing is about recovery um, or like how I figure out what information because there's so much out there of so many different things you can possibly do for recovery. It's kind of a hot topic these days. It didn't used to be, but it's just like, you know, you've got the Theraguns and you've got the compression boots and you've got the ice baths and the infrared saunas and all these different things. And I think that as someone who runs really hard and really fast throughout a given week and I've put my body through the ringer, I've run all kinds of crazy fast races, the biggest things for recovery are what makes you feel the best. So I think that with recovery, it's the kind of thing where you can't do too much of it. So it's not going to like, you kind of can't overdo it. You can always add recovery things into your life. So as long as, as long as it feels good and you have the time and the resources, yeah, do it. Like sit in the infrared sauna for two hours if you feel like it. Like if it's just like, and if you like how you feel when you do it. Or yeah, experiment with cold thermogenesis and go back and forth into the ice bath. That If that's going to serve you and you like doing it, then I think then that's great. Do I think you need to go buy a $1,500 infrared um, thing that you sleep in your bed that like, you know, zips up on the sides? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think that it's like starts to get into like, like, Unless you just truly believe this is like the ultimate thing for you, it's worked for you. I am of the mindset of uh, just don't overcomplicate it with recovery stuff. People always ask me too with like the um, Theragons. They're like, what do you think of the Theragons? Are the Theragons the answer? And I'm like, honestly, yeah, they're fun. Like if someone has one on hand and I just start messing around with it, I think it's nice. Um, But I'm not, I don't think it's the end all be all. I don't think it's going to make you an Olympian. But so that's kind of how my stance on recovery. I think it's all like nice. It's kind of like getting a massage. Like it's a fun thing to do. It feels good. So if it feels good, do it. <laughs> that's that's my take on that stuff. But um, yeah, so basically what I'm getting at is that if you're reading all the articles about food or you're reading about training and what you should and shouldn't do and you want to know uh, if this recovery thing that you heard about is great Try stuff out, see what works for you, and like I have said a couple times throughout this show, keep it simple, stupid. So if you're sitting at the grocery store and you're trying to think like, is this a food that Lucy would eat? Just look at the label and say, how simple is this list? And like, I'll tell you, if it's not simple, I probably wouldn't eat it. Um, And so yeah, I don't know. Keep it simple. That's the takeaway for today's silly little episode. Um, Hope you got something out of it. So until next time, just be fast. Just win.